Welcome to Boom Talk Studios on a in South Eugene. Fox trying in a foxhole. Season 3, episode 10, number 74 overall. Your faithful host here, Ken Harlan. Thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for all the music that we use in the podcast. Also thank the folks at Zoom and Road for providing wonderful tools for content creation. Thank our sponsors and who you are. If you want to help sponsor the show, we always would appreciate that. F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. So, as we're meandering through year two of the COVID odyssey or nightmare, I went to a show indoors here in town. And I got to see the fish from Vermont. Um, also kind of spooky being indoors, people not wearing masks and, you know, all kinds of other stuff like that. Anyhow, you know where we're going. The COVID Chronicles. Yeah, as I was just saying, you know, I was out at a show, obviously a hippie show, so people were going to be getting their boogie on and getting their um, balloons on and other things that, you know. So just one more sign of, in spite of Delta and other things globally, right? Life moves on in, in the COVID odyssey. And we're seeing it, you know, with uh, NBA and NHL arenas filling up, some at full capacity, some not so much, you know. And I thought it was interesting, you know, at the show the other night. Um, just, yeah, I, I mean, I figured, I know a lot of people decided not to go, but, but it was pretty much a full house both nights. And now that's what the NBA, you can tell some places where people are hesitant. And there's a lot of jing when you're talking about any of us. I mean, crap, the seats I had were probably like 90 bucks, you know, for each night. So not necessarily, you know, uh, affordable entertainment for, for folks on a budget and stuff and or, you know, have other cons real concerns in this life. Anyway, so what's going on in COVID land? Eh, kind of a, a more quiet week than, than usual. Not to say that COVID isn't still creating problems, but I don't think that uh, I would think this week has been a little bit more quiet than most. So what do we got here? We know that going into the week that the Cardinals... We were on a roll. Talk a little bit more about that in a bit. Their coach, Mr. Kingsbury, and their quarterback's coach, they both tested positive, so they missed the game last Sunday versus the Browns. Um, haven't really gotten an update whether they'll be on the sideline or not this weekend. And, of course, there's Evander Kane. Yes, that Evander Kane, the gambler, uh, the one who supposedly, I guess he was using a fake vaccination card. So the NHL is going to come down hard. 21-game suspension. But he's really lucky that his ass isn't being thrown in jail. Come on, people. If you don't want to get it, that's one thing. But, you know, try to pass off something fake. And if you get somebody sick and, you know, yeah. Just a, just a mess there. Speaking of the NHL, uh, definitely the bug is hopping around in the... Uh, Locker rooms, well, you know how we always say that pesky COVID on the Peloton, creaming clear in it, drunk on the HGH, hitting the arenas, nightclubs, supermarkets. Well, the NHL is obviously you know bouncing around somewhere because you got 
Detroit's Tyler Bertuzzi. He can't travel with the team because he's one of the four NHL players that isn't Vax. While the Winnipeg Jets, Jets, excuse me, their captain Blake Wheeler, he's out of action because he tested positive for COVID-19. So you've got a case of some people who, obviously, for their choices, and you have other people who are coming down with it. I know the kid we told you about last week from the Avs, he's actually back in the lineup, but I believe he was asymptomatic. I think they were saying something to that effect last week. So anyways, you see it, you know, kind of sprinkling, not seeing too much right now in the in, by way of the NBA yet, but hey, it's early. I thought it kind of interesting with Allison Williams. We told you a while back, you know, while she was contemplating about leaving ESPN. Well, the, since the mouse, and we talk about Disney, who owns ESPN, they have a vaccine mandate. And she's just saying FYMF, you know. Um, you know, it's really interesting when you watch the conversation on the interweb. So it's always going to be that way, especially when you're talking about social media. You know, as they always say, I'm just here for the comments. You know, the people who are defending Miss Williams' position, and then, you know, the folks who look at her as a, tw- a tinfoil hatter. Um, you know, we try to stay away from that position, but, you know, I think it's pretty obvious where I land as far as that goes. And in the end, what irks me more than anything else are people who are walking away from good-paying jobs. You know, when there's a lot of people out here who are fighting to get out of the market and wanting to, like, you know, improve their stand in life. You got these people who I think foolishly are walking away. And they don't even get me started with the athletes who are throwing away generational money. Really? I guess they don't realize, you know, what's on the other side of the rainbow that a lot of times isn't pretty, you know, and you never know what could happen. So I'm just like, hey, when you can get paid and get paid well, you do ride that ship as long as you can, especially if outside of being asked to be vaccinated, it's not a dirt place work environment. And I don't think from what I understand, a lot of people know that ESPN has been kind of bad towards his employees in terms of, you know, cutting them loose, but they've all had good buyouts, and most of them landed on their feet and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Crazy, crazy stuff. Okay, anyways, you got Mr. Cam. Yes, Cam, Cam, Newton. He says he's now vaxxed, and he wants a, he wants a roster spot somewhere. And I can think of a place where he might be able to fit and a coach he once worked with. But yeah, I, I, I get though I wonder though, you know, we talked about it in previous episodes about Cam and how he felt that he might have gotten blackballed and that was pretty adult of him to go get vaxxed. Problem is I think the tape that we've seen of Cam in the last, I don't know, maybe two, three years, it's not that appealing. And I do believe you saw New England. He had a few issues here and there in New England. Believe in what you what you hear, but you just wonder: Is it somebody you want to bring in your locker room at this point? You know, I just. Uh, and, but I think you gotta give him props for at least saying, "Hey, man, you know, if, if, if being vaxxed is the difference between me having a job and being unvaxxed and being on the unemployment line and being ridiculed, gee, I know what I want. I, I want a few more paychecks." So I can give, you know, I can get with Cam as far as that goes. Around the around that league, the no fun league, 
We know that Bears pass rusher Robert Quinn is out of action after being added to the league's COVID-19 reserve list. So you got some, you know, a smattering of people in and out of the lineup there. And that's kind of been consistent over the first six or seven weeks of the season. I hear too much about it in the NCAA, though. We'll get to that in the next segment. What do you think about former Patriot Kenbrell Tompkins being charged with committing all sorts of COVID-19 related fraud? And that's getting uh, benefits and some other scams. And, you know, I think he might be looking to spend some time in the Great Bar Hilton because I think people are going to really frown upon that. Might have a little something, something for him later. I think it's kind of interesting that you have some another prominent athlete calling out NBA players for being unvaxxed. That would be Magic Johnson. Yeah, that Magic Johnson of 32 fame, five rings and all that good stuff. But yes, he, he thinks they're pretty selfish. And he would have a problem if he was still playing and his teammates were choosing to pursue that course of action as far as not being all in it for the same thing. You know, especially given, you know, that most of the league, you know, which is in the 90% is, is complying along, you know. So I think it's interesting that also Commissioner Silver, he said the league wanted a vaccine mandate. But they couldn't come up, you know, but they couldn't come to an agreement with the NBA Players Association. Big surprise there. He also says that Kyrie, oh, that Kyrie, his issue is with New York City and not the league. You know, and so I haven't got any new Kyrie updates yet as far as that goes. I, I get the sense, you know, now that they're playing games, what, you know, with Kyrie, you just don't know. I get the feeling he's going to knuckle under and be like Andrew Wiggins and just step up and get vaxxed and, and join the Nets as they try to, you know, become a dream team and get, you know, rings for those guys, especially, you know, Harden doesn't have one. All right, folks, like I said, that was a little bit light, lighter than normal, which is, I guess, a good thing. But, you know, once again, it's still on the clear and cream and in the bars and everywhere else we can think of. It's definitely it's definitely here. But on the other hand, you know, when you look around and see indoor events and tours going and people just rocking out, you know, basically, we'll find out. So anyway, we will be back. After we get our cool sunglasses, an adult beverage, you know, gas up the Gulf Stream, take a high view above campus. See you on the other side. Alrighty, welcome back to Fox trying to get a foxhole. Uh, just coughing up a little bit there. Um, yeah, so like I was saying at the end of the last segment, you know, we're got the Gulfstream 550 all filled up, all boarded, got our cool tunes, our cool sunglasses, and all the accessories we need. I was just on campus, like I said, we went and saw fish two nights, two nights stand they did at uh, the University of Oregon's Matthew Knight Arena. 
Cool. Always good to be back on the beautiful campus in Eugene. It's been a while. Actually, we got the tool around. It was a lot of fun. Anyways, there's a lot going on. So let's take our high view above campus. So obviously, the big story really is Nick Rolovich. And we, we told you way, way, way back when it was going to come to a head with this guy. As you know, he is an anti-vaxxer. Coach of the, former coach of the Washington State Cougars, as Washington State and Rolovich parted ways based on his stance of not wanting to get vaccinated. Because Washington State does have a vaccine mandate for all state employees. Nick's not playing along with that. And so Washington State is going in a different direction. Of course, he is suing the university for illegal termination. No surprise there. This is going to get ugly on so many different levels. I mean, and once again, I'm just here for the comments. If you go to social media, those people who are defending them, the out, the outkick crowd, and much more extremes. And then on the other side, other people just talking about how irresponsible it is, how you can, how can you call yourself a leader of men? I mean, it, it, it's just nuts, right? Um, as I was saying in the last segment, somebody with another good job, coaching in the Pac-12, his choice and how this is going to play out in the courts obviously is going to be fascinating over the next three or four years with people in a position like this. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I, you knew this was going to happen. We talked about this like two and a half months ago. Surprise it lasted as long as it did, right? I think it was probably irresponsible for WSU's athletic department and the university administration to even let him go in the year, into the year knowing this was going to be a possibility and the disruption. You could have done what like Cal State Northridge is doing with um, – Godfrey, you know, just put him on a year administration, pay him, you know, and then can him, you know, because at this point, all the legal fees and all this other nonsense. Anyways, that's what how I would have gone about it. Okay, let's get away from all the, that stuff. What do you think about Louisville actually retiring Lamar's jersey along with Johnny Unitas? I think it's pretty cool, and obviously to be mentioned in the same breath, obviously. Baltimore quarterbacks, albeit two different franchises. But, yeah, I think that's a wonderful honor. Okay, the other big story, you know, know, I should have flip-flopped them around, but it doesn't matter. We're having fun here, and we're we're, we're cruising on 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 an overcast Friday afternoon. ADO and LSU have agreed to separate at season's end. Something else we saw coming, and saw it coming early. And there's a lot of... Once again, I'm here for the comments. Discussion about that. You know, is NEO obviously not that far removed from winning a national championship with Mr. Bro and with all those other bad boys? Is this the excess, same thing with like Gene Chiswick before at Auburn, where it used to be if you won a national championship, I mean, you probably had a decade and a half. In some cases, be set for life. And that you get chased now, does that say that the expectations for these programs have become uh, so out of whack and not really in align with reality, considering what we're supposed to be there for in the first place? Then there are other people who, you know, say, who have just given into the arms race and just like it was going to be that way. 
then hell, let's put all of our chips on the table and build an arsenal. Case in point, over here in Eugene, getting ready to build a fan, another amazing football uh, facility, new practice facility. Crazy stuff going on there. You have the SEC and the Big 12, basically allowing schools to set limits for student compensation. Really, you're going to let the school say, well, so who's to say if who, I'm almost fumbling over my words. You're going to let the school decide that. So if the school's got someone like Phil Knight and his buddies or somebody else probably even less scrupulous, they can, as I was telling somebody yesterday, they can do what the boosters have been doing under the table for years, over the table, and we're supposed to be good with it, and that's a good thing? Now I get too sanctimonious as I've spent, you know, the last two or three months going down that line. But it's just crazy. But back to Eddie O. I think with Eddie O is, you know, of course, I don't know. Maybe the guy is this much of a dirtbag. I mean, there were some pretty screwed up stories. You know, hitting on a pregnant uh, official, I mean, a pregnant lady who was a, a high up at LSU and just, you know, after his divorce, being that guy. Somebody worthy of TMCA time, if you know what I mean, as far as just being a straight-up D-bag. Um, you know, performance-wise, too. But it just has to, you know, I, I think more of the tawdry side of what, you know, universities expect. But as somebody definitely pointed out, had they kept up the same winning clip that they did with Burrow and some of these other guys... Will we even be having this conversation? Maybe you'd be getting scolded, but when you're having a crappy season like the Bayou Bengals are, this is what happens in this day and age. There is no patience. It's become just like, you know, the beautiful game life. Go on a bad run, people want you out the door. I mean, you know, not that I disagree with a lot of the stuff that people said. Oh, boy, this is going to be a long segment. We have to break it up in two pieces. But, right, you know, with Mario Cristobal, there are some people who think he should be ran. In fact, a big deal about the fans booing at, at Otson last Friday when they struggled to beat Cal. Um, anyways, let's talk about what happened last week. You know, with Eddie he's out at season's end. Jimbo Fisher says right now he's not interested in the job. Yeah, okay, big surprise there. But yeah, at season end, LSU, like USC, probably Miami, Big, big-time programs who will be looking for vacancies. Going to be interesting to see who actually fills those roles and can these be the hires, not so much in LSU's case, but obviously in Miami and USC, where they can become relevant. I think, you know, with LSU, it's going to be a hiccup. It's a very attractive job. You know, obviously, St. Nick was there, you know, before he went to Alabama. So, yeah, I have no, I have no problems that, you know, the Bayou Bengals will pony up the cash to make that happen. AAC is set to expand with six schools or outliers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what happened on the field? So we know that number one, UGA, those Bulldogs, they're facing Kentucky, supposed to be a marquee matchup. Nope. Georgia does look like the class of college football right now. Team to beat. Kentucky is a pretty good team. Not that day. Completely overmatched. I thought number two, Iowa getting slammed by Purdue. Now chaos reigns. As I told you all along, there are going to be schools with two or three losses that are going to have a chance to make the college football playoff. 
not to sound like I'm that smart, but yeah, you knew this was going to happen given the amount of parity that is currently the college football landscape. Oklahoma, you know, cruised by TCU, but Mr. Rattler on the bench, what does he get? He deletes his, uh, or he unlikes Oklahoma from his IG, and you know how big this is. That's always a sign, you know, with today's player. So something tells me, expect him to be in the transfer portal at season's end, especially kid that's got the job now continues to ball out. Nobody's playing defense over there, but hey, they keep putting the wins. Bama, you know, that was like 49-9. The aforementioned Oregon, you know, as I said a second ago, a lot of fallout there. You know, get the win. Probably should have lost that game, but it is Cal, and, you know, Cal is going to do... There's a reason why Cal only has one win. But a lot of people cranky about people booing at Austin. You know, and I've been, you know, disclaimer, I've been here in Oregon since 96, back when Coach Bellotti. And people would appreciate a six and five season, an eight and three season, be you know aesthetic. But as as Phil Knight has made a bigger commitment, and they've made better hires, and have built you know the best facilities in the country. Oregon is on the cusp of truly becoming elite. And there's an expect, expectation there that makes people here uncomfortable in terms of that the willingness of like, hey, you you're acting entitled. I go, well, yeah, you spend all the money and create a brand like this, you want excellence and you want that you want to be at the top. So, you know, people don't have a lot of patience for it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, having been here and, you know, I was a graduate student for longer than I probably should have been, I spent many Saturday afternoons in Austin. And I get, you know, where the old school uh, mentality comes. But I also know that, like everything else, once big money comes involved and you are playing for, you know, the chip, and you truly have a shot at doing it, yeah, you know, that Eddie Shore, old-time college football, you know, right, uh, feelings get thrown out the window. I mean, that's just a harsh reality. Ooh, boy, we are talking it up here. Sparty's still looking good. Had a tight one with the Hoosiers, but they're still undefeated, along with that other team. Also lying in the woods, as I said, with Teams picking up these losses, anything can happen. Uh, Oklahoma State held off number 24, or number 24, restroging Texas. Keep an eye on Oklahoma State. Big surprise there. He told you all along about Mr. Gundy and his issues, especially wearing the OAN t-shirt. And as we, as we said on this podcast again, once again, I don't want to say I told you so. Controversy kind of quietly went away because they're winning. They're undefeated. Remember they told that, took all that money away from him? It's quietly been restored. Big surprise there, yeah? Winning cures a lot of things, people. I mean, you know, people that listen to this podcast know that, so I'm not imparting any wisdom there. But once again, that just cracks me up how he was being vilified, you know, by the SJWs. But you get out of the gate 7-0, and zero, Students don't care about that. It's like, woo-woo, we're partying down. Another big upset. Speaking of LSU, you know, uh, Coach O's last game getting a huge win over Florida. At least, you know, not a last win because he's going to coach through the season, but before the news came out, which makes it kind of shocking. But like I said, a lot of tawdry stuff there. We'll know more about that in the weeks to come. A lot of parity. Florida, another team. Got a couple of losses. Are they out of it? Probably not. 
Keep an eye on Cincinnati because Cincinnati's doing what they do. But, you know, Central Florida, not quite the Central Florida we've seen in recent years, but nonetheless, I do believe Cincinnati's a real deal. I've been watching them. They passed the eye test. Could they beat Georgia? Probably not. But I think they are worthy of being in the conversation, at least when we're talking about the six teams that I would consider to be in the college football playoff. And then shocking there, I think San Diego State doing the Mountain West a solid. They're undefeated, but they'll be in an at-large game. Come on. That ain't going to happen, Azteca. You know what that is. we used to say when we were kids. No. Um, Pac-12 took a major, major, major hit. Number 18, ASU losing to Utah. So, you know, Oregon with the loss. And the fact that these games are so late, nobody sees. They just think the Pac-12 is a shit conference. And having your ranked team outside of Oregon, Oregon and UCLA, big matchup. I don't know how you see it that way. I think Oregon needs to win this thing. But at the same time, if UCLA wins, maybe they can make the argument that the conference is more competitive than is perceived. I I don't know. But I thought it was a very bad loss. Not that Utah's a horrible team, but you got to have a couple of elite teams, especially since nobody's staying up that late on the East Coast to really check out what's going on. Pat 12 after dark, y'all. Um, the Ole Miss-Tennessee thing, very ugly scene there. I mean, Ole Miss gets the win. I guess some really controversial calls there. Led to, you know, Kiffin almost got hit with a golf ball, or he did, at throwing batteries. Don't know how you people bring all this crap in there. Don't know how the referees got off the field. Big fines coming up, but it was an ugly scene. And as we've been talking about here, the whole bad behavior narrative, you know, at least on the fans' perspective, really got to get this in check because, you know, coming out of the pandemic, there's just the sense that we can do whatever we want. We know it was a lot of money that you pay to go to these events, but that doesn't give you the right to cross the line. I mean, I mean, and I'm even talking verbally, let alone throwing something, which is basically stone cold assault. So look for more. I, mean, the, I thought the fine that was handed out should have been more. If you ask me, the only way to combat this sort of nonsense, like I've been talking about soccer, you play a couple of games with no fans. You know, your fans can't, you know, no home games. You know, that, that, that'll sober people up to a bit. Who knows, though? I mean, given the hostility. Anyway. All righty. Well, we had game two last night to kick the week off since we are doing the last couple of weeks we've been on Friday. It's just been easier. The number 14 Coastal Carolina, the Darlings, was upset by perennial heartbreaker Appalachian State. And number 21, SM, number 21 SMU rolled last night. So that's basically it. Another big weekend. Like I said, really looking forward to this UCLA-Oregon matchup, you know, the Chip Kelly Bowl. I think it's big ramifications for the conference either way. Um, big weekend soccer. we got El Clasico, uh, La Classique, big stuff in the MLS. So, yeah, it's going to be fun stuff going on all over the place this weekend. So, looking forward to a lot of things. Oh, yeah, one last thing. First polls out for the women. South Carolina is the top for the women's polls right now as we head into the season, which is coming up here in a couple of weeks. All right, that was a lengthy flight over the campuses. Now we need to, like, taxi the uh, Gulfstream 550 and come back with a couple of things you might want to know about. See you on the other side.
Welcome back to Foxburg in a Foxhole. Number 74, or 310, Season 3, Episode 10. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here. Time for one of our favorite segments of the week. Something you should probably know, or things you might care to know, that went down in the week of sports since we last talked. Well, we, can, we have a new WNBA champion. Yes, indeed. The sky clobber the Mercury in Game 2, as we talked about last week, was a historic route, and then closed the series out with a six-point win to win their first chip. Looking good that they could even possibly win another one. So, good but up for the ladies. Still enjoying that bubbly. Kevin off a season, and they got a season, as we talked about to some degree last week, that didn't really live up to the billing, and you're going to have to wonder where the WNBA goes next in terms of being able to take the next step forward in terms of gaining, you know, getting a deeper foothold as far as the public's consciousness goes. I think you have some fringe people who, you know, really push hard for women's sports and are advocates and definitely want to see them grow. Who I tend to over, they tend to overhype. Where I'm like a realist, I'm not saying I'm a big fan or an expert, but you know I do understand how the needle moves, and you know what is real and what's not. And I feel that WNBA, as I've talked about throughout these podcasts, needs to push the needle a little bit more in terms of getting our attention. I mean, yeah. I knew about the final because ESPN being shameless, but it still didn't hit the traction it should have. You know, what a great story Camp Candace Parker was. Obviously, coming back to Chicago and basically being, you know, the heart and soul, even though obviously other players really, you know, were the difference. But yeah, it's a good story overall. Hopefully, somehow, the WNBA can regroup, use some of the momentum from, you know, what was an interesting playoff and actually sort of make the kind of gains I thought they would make this year, next year. Speaking of the ladies, I can tell you the Thorns, yes, those Thorns up here in Portland, they clinched the, w, the NWSL Supporter Shield. Nice feat there. Definitely looking forward to seeing what they do in a quest to get another crown. Absolutely. I'll tell you about on the golf they were out in Vegas last weekend, and that Rory boy, who I've been concerned about, Rory gets back into the winner's circle. Wins the CJ Cup. Uh, obviously, he says he's got some big aspirations, and uh, the fork's not in him, and that's good to see. He said there's a lot of competitive golfers. We always speak about that, you know, in the 25 to 45 range. And uh, it would be interesting to see if Rory can get back to major winning form. As we talked about always with these guys, you know, they win a couple of majors out the gate. Then, like, guess life takes over, you know, the booze, women, who knows, whatever, up money. Just, yeah, you know, when you become an empire, you know, we be really curious to see, you know, like some of these guys like Cop, uh, Bricks Kopka or, or Colin Morikawa. What happened, you know, we're, we've seen it with Spieth, you know, because Spieth, even though he is starting to play at, you know, a top level again, he still has he still hasn't won a major since, you know, peeling all of those off when he went on that run, you know, when he started to make a name for himself. So keep an eye on that. 
As far as the ponies go, the Kentucky Racing Commission this week comes out and says, Bob Baffert, yes, that Bob Baffert, Mr. Crooked himself, his horses can run next month in the Breeders' Cup as long as they meet certain conditions. Well, gee, I think we understand that. And I had a feeling Baffert would use his muscles to get uh, his influence. I'm not talking about actual muscle, but, you know, because he is a true gangster, to make sure his horses were able to run. Yeah, and what and in terms of what conditions are going to be placed on them, like that's really going to be enforced, especially, no, when, when there's dollars to be made, especially in that sport. If I'm wrong, let me know. <laughs> F-T-I-N-F-X at gmail.com. Oh, we're just getting all the sillies here. Um, as far as NASCAR goes, well, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Kyle Larson wins at Texas to clinch a spot in the final four of the of the uh, cup playoffs. So like I said, we're getting down to the end there. Kyle Larson actually captures the first spot of the four who will have a chance to hoist the cup this year. Good story for him, you know, after bouncing back from the incident, which we've brought up a couple of times. And when we talked to our man, the corner man, he told us to keep an eye on Kyle Larson. So props to the corner man for being right once again. In boxing, we have Emmanuel Neverett defends Mr. Gonzalez to retain his WBO featherweight title. From whatever understanding, it was kind of an underwhelming fight, but Given the sweet science, is that a surprise these days? Obviously, people still going over Furry Wild or three, saying it it ranks up there with the true all of the great trilogies in the in the history. As we keep saying, is that because boxing has just been almost without a pulse, and you believe that, or it really was that good? Nobody's given me any feedback yet, other than the one or two people I talked to. Everybody else on social media. And I mean, Twitter and Reddit really can't trust their opinion because, you know, the, the amount of fluffing that goes on there, right, you know, it's not even scalable. Okay. The Olympic flame for the Winter Olympics. Yeah, I know. We just got to do with the summer, and now we're getting ready for the winters. We've been quietly, you know, building up to a little bit in this segment, telling you the things that are going on. Well, we can tell you that the Olympic flame arrived in Beijing, and of course, as soon as it does, the activists really step up their efforts. They want a full-scale boycott of these Olympics because of human rights violations. The same thing you're going to see in Qatar next year with the World Cup. Same story. You have people pushing very hard. And, you know, when it comes to China and giving the, uh, you know, relationship, the business relationship that it has with the leagues and its advertising and broadcasting partners, I just don't see that happening. You know, I mean, not to say that these people don't have a point as far as, you know, the things that, that they would love to see brought more attention to. I just think with the money on the table, we're just not going to see that. Um, and speaking of the Olympics, you know, the first Olympian to be disqualified, gee, it's a Russian triathlete. Gets a three-year ban for doping. You know, that's like saying water is wet. Somebody from Russia getting caught, you know, doping, right? It just <laughs> kind of goes with the territory almost. Speaking of another thing from, you know, Olympic sports, I think it's pretty cool that gold medalist Gable Stevenson signs a multi-year multi multi deal with WWE. 
And it's also cool that as part of that, he has an NI an NIL deal with the University of Minnesota, which will allow him to finish up his eligibility and compete one more year, then go to the WWE. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. Still not a fan of it, of all the NIL stuff, but there are some examples where you go, huh, okay, that's cool. Especially, you know, somebody who put the time in and, you know, they're obviously subsidized for their efforts. If you get to be an Olympian, you know, on that level, a gold medalist nonetheless, but still it's cool that he's going to have a nice future for him in WWE because, you know, people in that sport, what do you do? Some of them try to play football, but often they don't really have the skill set required. So it's good that they're having opportunities beyond college, you know, in international competitions. All right, folks, we've been talking a bit. Going to take a little break. We're at our whistle. Come back fighting a little bit harder on the other side. Getting our groovy, groovy, groove on. Fox Trotting a Foxhole. Season 3, Episode 10, 74 overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan. Overcast Day. South Eugene. Watching Tony and Mike. Talking to Obama, is it? Wow, I have the sound down, but obviously I think Obama's giving them props for being on the air for 20 years, which is actually a good thing for them. All right, let's do some NBA bait. So, obviously, why, you know, the league is kicked off another season, the 75th anniversary. A lot of talk about the uh, 75th anniversary. We'll talk about it momentarily, but we won't do a deep dive. I haven't had a chance to actually look at the list yet and really analyze it, but so I'm going to save that for next episode, but I do have something to say, but... Other than that, the big news with the, you know, with the tip-off of a, a new season. Clanking Ben. Guy just, right, he's the gift that's not giving much. So, the big news this week was that Doc kicked him out of practice. Team handed down a one-game suspension. Typical detrimental conduct to the team, blah, 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 blah. Mr. Embiid comes out and says, Yo, bitch, we're out here to babysit your ass. I know, I'm going to watch the language. I have to mark it explicit again. <laughs> but it's true. And so, I guess today there's it came out where he says he's not mentally fit. They want to send him to a specialist to see what's going on there. All leads us to this particular question. What do we think is going to be the over and under for the games that he will play in Philly, the number of games he will play in Philadelphia this season. Well, if it were up to me as a betting man, the, amount of, the number of games that Ben plays as a sixer this season, wow. I'm going to say I'm going to put it at 15, and I'm going to say it's under 15. I think he gets moved or he ends up sitting out for the year just always on the cannot perform list because of mental issues or whatever stuff. I do believe the contracts, 
unless there's some kind of suit or the Kyrie thing to me still is a remote possibility. But outside of that, I wonder if he plays even 15 games. Suns and uh, DeAndre Ayton did not reach an agreement, as I predicted was going to happen. He's going to go in this season not worrying about that. But that could be a big problem for Phoenix down the road. As we said last week, the Celtics will wave Jabari Parker. So he'll find another place to put a jersey on and make a few dollars. They have to be a two-way player. Ooh, how brutal would that be? In the I just got paid department. A lot of people got paid, actually, but I think the big money. Uh, Mikhail Bridges signing a four-year, 90-month extension to stay with the Suns. Hey, props there, man. That's not, not too bad. And Memphis signing Jaron Jackson Jr. to a four-year, $105 million extension. His people are happy about that. Okay, and then always got to talk about, man, Mr. LBJ, Bronny, Bron, 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 Bron. He came out earlier in the week and said, yo, y'all talking about me reducing my workload and how I can preserve myself. He says it ain't that kind of party. He says that reducing his workload would not lower his chances of getting injured again. You know, let me do what I do and may the chips fall where they may. You know, the guys up there at age, high contact, high volume guys we've discussed many times. This is going to be, he's going to have to watch it, especially, you know, uh, those situations because, you know, the groin has been a problem in two of the last three years. So, you know, right going after some of those 50-50 balls and some of the other things where you get in an awkward position, he might want to try to avoid if he's going to continue to log the minutes that he's talking about. Okay, so the season opened. Lakers and Golden State. Tuesday night. I was at Fish, so I can't give you a lot of data. We talked to my man Alec Ford about it, kind of texted him a little bit after the show the next morning. Since the Lakers lost, there was no point in me watching it. Seemed like the Lakers got off to a good start. You know, obviously with AD and uh, LeBron both having 30-plus, but Russ being Russ. But like I always talk about with PSG, same story. Going to take a minute for these things that work. The Warriors, you know, let's talk about them. The Chef, really hot at the beginning of the season. They played both LA teams, beat the Lakers, and the last that they played the Clippers. Had like 45 was it 25 or 30 in one quarter? I mean, just scorching. So, Warriors are off to a good start without Clay. League beware. Now, we've got some guys around him that are, that are balling. It's early, but hey, you sweep the LA teams. That's sending a message to the West that, hey, we're only going to get stronger. Bucks raised the banner. Relieve those, like, cowboy buckle-sized rings. I mean, good grief. These things are just getting so ridiculous and so out of scale, I get it, you know. It feels like the 80s all over again, you know. Excess is best. But yeah, they go out there after getting their rings and the cheesy banner raising and all that kind of ceremony. They had to suffer through that. They could turn the channel a couple of times. But they go out and take out, the, they beat the brakes off of the Nets. Talked about Kyrie at Dazi, and we know. These things are going to happen as it's early. And, of course, the Bucks then, two nights later, go out and get blazed by Miami. 
Talked about last week when the power rankings came out, why I wasn't sure about Miami. Miami said F you to me, and they took it out of the Bucks. 137.95, they're defending champs. Trying to send the early message that they are worthy of being among the top four or five in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting about the Celtics. The next great game that went to overtime. Lots of excitement. A lot of stars in the garden. Oh, by the way, it was great to see Jack Nicholson out of the Laker game. But good to see Jack back. A lot of stars at the garden. The excitement's definitely back in New York as the Knicks got a big win in overtime. Not so much in China, as that country refused to broadcast the game due to Intus Cantor's pro-Tibet pro -Tibet protest. As we've talked about many times, as I said even earlier, the intricate relationship that the, le the leagues and the networks have with China, almost as a partner, because they're all looking to deepen their bottom, the, the, widen their bottom lines and deepen their pockets. And you know, there's endless amounts of cash, and China does love them some NBA basketball. They're going to be kind of curious, you know, obviously LeBron was really quiet, and uh, in general, you know, the whole league was. So we're going to be following this pretty closely and trying not to get myself censured. But yes, there is an interesting thing going on there, and that the that, that China decided to not televise that Celtics Knicks game, knowing what how that country has NBA fever. Going to see what Mr. Silver and other partners have to say about some of these people that are more outspoken. We already know going back with Mr. Mori, and we'll be keeping an eye on that. Oh yeah, one okay, one more last thing here. Because the NBA is just getting started, so we have a lot to talk about as the year goes on. Big game tonight, by the way, with the Lakers and the Suns will be. Tuning into that with some adult beverages, hopefully hanging with my homies. But, you know, I was talking about the 75th anniversary. And, you know, a lot of talk about who's on it and who's not. And like I said, I haven't had time to review the list and give my take, but I will next week. But Bill Walton being on it and Dwight Howard being left off. I know a lot of people are making the case. I mean, the Hall of Fame is like whatever. Everybody gets in. But when it comes to, like, you know, when they had the 50th, Controversy there now with the 75th. And I have to see who's on the list, but I'm kind of thinking, you know, I've been watching the NBA now since 1971. And I'm pretty sure Dwight wouldn't be on my top 75. Probably, you know, if there was 100 people on the list, maybe. I mean, he's had a great career. He's got a ring, led the Magic to the finals and lost to the Lakers. They kind of saw it, but getting, you know, cut up a fruitcake. That should be held against them. But I don't know. Is he top 75 to you? F-T-I-N, F-X at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Okay, folks, that was really quick. We will be back with some beautiful game life on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trying in the Foxhole. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan, here. 
Season 3, Episode 10, Number 74 overall. Let's talk some beautiful game life, shall we? So, talked about Hungary fans being idiots last week. Well, earlier in the summer, the English were knuckleheads. And lo and behold, UEFA finally does something. So, what's the deal? Well, apparently, England's going to have to play its next match, I believe, and maybe next two matches behind closed doors because their fans can't behave. Got to see more of this. I've been talking about this for a while. Somebody's going to get hurt. And the only way to make people suffer, as we saw during the pandemic, is to shut their asses out. I can't be with my mates with my scarf and my beer. What do you mean? Well, behave yourselves. This ain't 1950. This ain't 1975. It's 2021, people. Enough's enough. Um, women in South Korea, they played 0-0 draw. They'll play again Tuesday. Good to see our ladies get some competition. I think it's going to be Carly's, I think, farewell performance. So there's going to be a lot of emotion there. But yeah, Tuesday night after a 0-0 draw. So we had UCL match day three. A lot going on there. And, you know, there's just so much head-scratching stuff. Okay, Club Bruge starts out well, readers, right? Get the big win, also a draw with PSG. Then City beats the crap out of him. It was like 5-1. It was just really ugly. Not sure what's going on there. Other game in that group. That's right. That, that Those guys from Paris. That PSG in trouble again. And then out of nowhere, Mr. Messi shows why we make such a big deal. There was obviously no Neymar. But Messi's brace... With some brilliant play by Kylian Mbappe, showing why he is on his way to becoming the premier talent in the world. Even though he did sky a penalty kick, should have given it to Messi, so Messi could have had the hat, the hat trick. But all is well for PSG fans as they're on top of that group now after getting a hard-fought come-from-behind win. Yes, indeed. He had Liverpool, a very controversial win over 10-man Atletico. Sharif comes back to reality as Inter wins 3-1. That was an interesting match. AC Milan going down to Porto. And what about Dortmund and Mr. Halan? He was having his issues. I guess he is injured again. We'll talk about that more in a second. But they were slammed by Aox, 4-0. You know, like, never could understand that, the BBB. Sometimes they look like world beaters, ready to you know, join the athletes. Then sometimes you're like, going, are you sure you all weren't better suited for Europa League? You know, the struggles they had last year when we thought they were going to be in Europa League. Real Madrid at Shakhtar. I mean, Real Madrid just sliced, you know, spread it like, you know, butter on toast. It was easy. Barcelona stops the bleeding with a big, big win over Dynamo Kiev. Bayern, Juve, Juventus, and Chelsea all get big, clean-sheet wins. Although I think with Chelsea, it was a little bit closer, but like Bayern and Juventus cruised. Meanwhile, Manchester United, yes, that Manchester United, the Red Devils with that CR7, getting a huge come-from-behind win, beating Atalanta with CR7 scoring the winner. Other... News. I'm not going to talk about Europa League yet. It's too too vast. We'll get there once it narrows down. But we can tell you the Nations League. Some shocking stuff there. The chosen ones, Roma, getting blasted 
I mean, getting blasted was like 5-1, and the Spurs losing again. I'm not sure if these squads just don't give a blank about being in that competition or, you know, things are rotten, you know, beneath the surface at both of those places more than people are wanting to admit. Okay, let's get to what's going on on the pitch. As we return from the international league, obviously talking, you know, about the international competitions, well, we back to league play, the Premier League. Speaking of the Red Devils, could have been a really bad week if they lost Champions League. But, you know, because they suffered a bad loss at home to Leicester City, which had people wondering if only days were numbered. But I think getting that win in Champions League, that, that'll silence people for about five minutes. Chelsea had just passed Brentford. Brentford looking really good for a team that's just being promoted up. The Citizens take care of the Clarets. Clarets better be careful. You might be down there with your friends in Blackburn if this keeps up. Liverpool crushes Watford. I may Watford might be down there as well. And and it, one of the more interesting things, especially the Spurs who are wobbling. You know, all the news is with Newcastle, obviously with the Saudi takeover, and of course with the the the, the hype. Being unreal for Newcastle, what do they do? They go lose to the Spurs, 3-2. And, of course, they have to fire their manager because it's sort of like, okay, if we're going to start a new program, it starts right here and there. So, obviously, the new ownership group not wasting time there, not satisfied with the results. So, apparently, all parties agree to, like, go their own way. But keep an eye on Newcastle because they are going to try to really step their game up and become a player here sooner than later. And of course, the Gunners and Crystal Palace 2-2. Told you about the Gunners winning today. La Liga, Barca only added to their Champions League win. They also beat Valencia. Sevilla also picked up three points on the road. Uh, in the Bundesliga, like I said, Mr. Halan returned. Didn't score, but BBB won that match. Of course, they don't care about that. I'm going to say PSG beat Leipzig, by the way. I didn't mention that because Leipzig and Freiburg won one. Leipzig, Leipzig, I mean, was trying to get all their chips in a row for PSG. Almost worked for them, but quite not. So a tough week for Leipzig. Launching Gladbach's two guard, 1-1. And, of course, Bayern Munich. What can you say? They went to Leverkusen, put up a five-spot. You know what's going to happen there. And they and they always talk about PSG running away with things. When was the last time somebody won the Bundesliga besides them? I think we know the answer to that. In Serie A, AC Milan rallied to take all three points of the San Siro. That was a great game. Kind of caught the tail end of that. So a good week for AC Milan. Inter was stunned by Lazio with a 3-1. So it was a, kind of a split week for them. Juventus won at home over Jose's Roma, so a tough week for the chosen one. And Atalanta and Napoli pick up three points over the weekend as well. Over in League One, PSG, once again, you know, had a lot of people away. Well, I think I talked a little bit about last week. They got a 2-1 win over on Jay. That was for Friday. Claremont Foot 63, recently promoted. Shocks defending champion Lille. Monaco smacks down Lyon and Marseille. Beat Lorient 4 1. As I said earlier, we're going to have La Classique this weekend. Always a blast when PSG and Marseille get together. Looking forward to that. A lot of stuff in the MLS. Got like, you know, the buy factor as we had weekend action and 
midweek action two days ago. So we'll start with the weekend as we had the Philadelphia Union looking good, but having a draw with Montreal. LAFC finally gets their act together, getting a big win over San Jose. Seattle got stunned by Houston. Eh, Seattle's just thinking about the playoffs. Probably I maybe jinxed them last week talking about how good they are. But then again, Vancouver also trying to make the playoffs. They clip Sporting Kansas City. So the two top teams in the West taking a beating on the weekend. The Galaxy slowed down the Timbers, which was kind of shocking. I talked about how well the Timbers were playing. Seems like I jinxed a lot of people. You had Red Bull New York, who's really playing good. Getting the better of New York City again. What have they played like five times in the last two or three weeks? It seems like every time I turn around, they're, they're playing. The Rebs, the Fire, 2-2. Rebs cruising towards the Sporters' Shield. The Five Stripes getting three points to keep their playoff dreams alive. Uh, the matchup of Eastern playoff contenders. Orlando City and Nashville City played to a 0-0 draw. The Rapids, who I was speaking good of, jinxed them as well. They stumbled to have a 3-1 loss at Rio Tinto to Real Salt Lake. And then the Loons, who are also trying to get a playoff push going, successful, I might add. They win at Austin. The power rankings, we you know, that came out before the midweek games look like this. We have the Union, we have uh, well that reps at the top, Seattle two, Sporting Kansas City three, the Nashville four, and the Union five. That's that's probably about right. Probably subject to change because, like I said, we had midweek action. Speaking of LAFC one more time, got another win as they rallied from two down to beat a not-so-good FC Dallas. Chicho Aranjo, player of the week, got a hat trick. Big stuff there. LAFC, you know, the problem with LAFC getting the wins now and wasting points is that everybody that they're trying to chase also got big wins. As Portland loses again as the Whitecaps keep their playoff alive. Kind of weird to see Portland stumble after a good form from them for a while, though they were unbeaten in like eight or nine matches. I mean, the Loons trying to make a push, you know, as far as the other team, LAFC, is looking up at. Got a surprise win, beating Philadelphia. You had the Galaxy slapping down Houston. Not a big shocker, but if you're looking up, as certain teams are, not a good thing. So what does that mean for all the teams in the West? Well, you better keep winning. You know, because every, all of a sudden, these teams that are on the edge of the playoffs are all of a sudden starting the ball. What else? You got the Revs. It's getting closer to the Sporters' Shield. Got another good win, you know, with that beating D.C. United 3-2. Nashville City and Orlando, the crew, the Five Stripes, New York City, Rapids, and Sounders all played a 1-1 draws. Yeah, all those teams were in 1-1 draws, and that's kind of how the weekend MLS ended. And that's where we are as far as a beautiful game life goes. A lot going on there. A lot more to come. A lot of exciting stuff. Big weekend ahead. Looking forward to it. See the big fan festas in Los Angeles. Saw Lady Lady, Lady Low and the two Robbies out there enjoying the sun, enjoying their best lives. It'll be a lot of fun. Tune in like 4.30 tomorrow morning. Big weekend ahead. Anyway, we'll be back on the other side with a little MLB NHL peak. All right, folks, see you on the other side. All right, it's the time for a little night fuller diamonds and a quick trip on our Zamboni around the ice rink of the NHL life. So, what do we know? 
as far as MLB goes, you know, obviously we have we're in the middle of the championship series. A lot going on there. We'll get to that in a second. But we can tell you that Mr. Boone, yes, that Mr. Boone, Mr. Aaron, Aaron Effin Boone, will be returning to the Yankees after a disappointing playoff exit. Going to have to get rid of his coaching staff, but the Steinbrenner Brass are deciding to give him another chance. Um, what do what what do the Yankees do? Because they're quickly kind of retreating into the land of irrelevance. They haven't won since '09, and just quite frankly, I mean, you know, the three hundred dollar man, he looked pretty ordinary. So it's going to be interesting because you you look at the Big Apple and you know how the Big Apple hasn't really won anything since the Giants have, because across the way, you've got to watch that great documentary about once by the time in Queens. Uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out about the 86 Mets, you know, and just kind of a history about the you know, franchise and just that special team. Well, Mr. Cohen, as we've been saying for a while, he's tired of being irrelevant as well. And you know he's going to have to make some moves. So it's going to be interesting to see what the New York teams do to combat, you know, with teams like the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Astros, you know, who seem to have a sort of formula for winning. You throw the Giants in there as well. Uh, let's see here. So, as far as the championship series goes, where are we at there? Well, I can tell you that it started out with Houston outlasting Boston to take game one. And then in games two and three, the Red Sox hit, well, they, game two, the Red Sox hit two grand slams. And then game three, they hit another grand slam to take the 2-1 lead in the series. And then Houston comes back and puts a nine spot up in consecutive games. What was it? Nine, two and nine, one. So getting ready for game six. Yes. With the Astros holding on to a three, two lead. That should be starting up here. Probably what in about an hour and a half or so. So we'll be tuning into that. As far as the NLCS goes. Well, you know, the Dodgers coming off of their emotionally draining win over their arch-rival Giants, and the Braves, who took care of business against the Brew Crew, was almost looking like last year, but I think it's even more dire, as, as the Braves have really been the better team in this series, but the Dodgers won't go away. And Braves, 2-0, 2-1, 3-1, and then the Dodger bats ignite last night, and they put up 11 runs, at Chavez Ravina win 11-2 last night. You know, the problem with this series is that, you know, it's the epitome, especially when we talk about Dave Roberts. Yes, that Dave Roberts, Mr. Doc himself. And, you know, getting cute with the rotations. You know, sort of like you got one of the higher payrolls in baseball. You've got you've spent to get all this talent. Why are you screwing around? Go with what got you there. This is why, as I've talked about many times, the Dodgers and a lot of their postseason failures, outthinking themselves. You don't need a PhD for some of this stuff. An associate's degree will do in terms of figuring out the right moves to make. How many times do I have to friggin' say this? Anyhow, just like last year, when it was 3-1, it is 3-2. So it'll be a pivotal game six tomorrow. The Dodgers will be able to probably throw Walker and Mad Max again and have Julio come out relief. But who knows with Julio getting lit up the way that he did in game four. So it's hard to say. I had, as a Dodger fan, you know, disclaimer, I had a little more confidence in the Dodgers last year 
being able to rally as opposed to this year, but who knows? There just seems to be no quit here, you know, and especially, and I know that getting past the Giants, you know, in a, a historic series as far as these two teams meeting even in a five-game playoff, that it was going to be draining and that you'd have to expect the Dodgers to sort of be flat because where do you go from there? That was why it was kind of a, you know, almost, it was kind of sad to see that that wasn't the championship series. But, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Something baseball may have to go rethink. Speaking of the Giants, they want to exercise Buster Posey's extension. I think it's going to be $22 million. We'll be curious to see if Buster wants to continue to play. He's still playing at a high level, $22 million. Unless his knees are really giving him that problem. Become a position player. Take the money, Buster. I know as a Dodger fan, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him walk into the sunset, but... You know, as a realist, yeah, $22 million on the table, she keep playing. So can the Cubs' new general manager, Carter Hawkins, revive the Cubs after the 2021 fire sell? Yeah, that's going to be one of the stories from the offseason. You'd have to think so, right? Although, you know, what they did, that was Theo. You know, as much as you love or hate Theo, you we can all acknowledge the guy gets the, the guy is a results man. So I think that Carter Hawkins has some big shoes to fill in terms of if he wants to replicate the success that Theo was treated Chicago fans to, obviously winning their first World Series since 1908. A lot of work there. Okay, let's flip it over. You know, not a lot to say here other than, you know, except hockey, we're, we're, we're in the middle of it. We got the power rankings that we can tell you about. We need still, we're still looking for a correspondent to come on the show and help us out and give us some more insights. If you're interested in doing that, ftinfx at gmail.com. Love to get some uh, hockey talk going on this podcast. Keep, keep hoping, keep wishing. Sooner or later it will happen. But power rankings right now are... Shockingly, Carolina's one, Florida two, the, the Penguins three, Avs four, the defending champs five. You got the Capitals and a couple of teams there around six and seven that are pretty close. Kind of early as far as that goes. But, you know, we like to put these things out there to give people a sense of who's looking good early. And, you know, we'll also, because a new team up in this region, we're always keeping an eye on the Kraken. We told you about their fans getting a little silly and earning some TMCA points last week. Well, you know, it was good. They got their first win. We told you about that last week and all the good feeling. But now the reality is setting in. Like, when they played the Flyers and they got pummeled, it was like 7-1. It's like... Yeah, welcome to the, to the big time, Kraken Faithful. There's going to be a long haul. and Not everybody gets to be the Vegas Gold Knights. They get to christen, you know, the refurbished, remodeled arena, I believe it is tonight. Or was that last? I think it's tonight that we get to see the Kraken get treated to their home fans. Tell you about that next week. Give our observations. Try to watch their games whenever we can. You know, get a little bird's eye view there. Um... All right, folks, that was kind of quick for this week. Obviously, like I said, we've got, you know, the NLCS and the ALCS. We'll be wrapping that up next week as far as, you know, our wrap-up and our analysis of breaking that down. In the meanwhile, we will come back with the uh, NFL report. And uh, let's see here. We will also probably have some, not probably, we will have some TMCA time. As you know, it's that time of the week. All right, we'll see you on the other side.
Welcome back to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 10, Number 74. Bob Lilly, making it happen. That's old school. Okay, let's talk some NFL report. Speaking of Bob Lilly. Um, yeah, some of the talk that's going on, I just saw it here on SportsCenter, seeing old L. Duncan talking to Mina Kimes. The whole thing with Tua and Mr. Watson. Yeah, that was well, Mr. Watson, Mr. Deshaun. A lot of talk that that trade may be happening. We've been talking about this for a while now. Apparently, discussions really heated up this past week. What the hell does that all mean? Well, Coach Brian Flores, obviously smarting from his recent uh, disappointments, says Tua's his guy. He doesn't want to hear any talk about Deshaun, even though you know Tua's got his issues, but he's rolling hard with him. Of course, that's the right thing to say. I think the owner may have something else to say, especially if he can strike a deal, let alone if we can get Deshaun on the field, given his legal situation. Now, they knew the report there. When there is something to report there, you know we'll be all over it. In the meanwhile, the NFL does agree to get rid of its of race norming as part of its formula to determine compensation for concussion settlements. Current formula assumes blacks have lower cognitive levels, thus raising the bar for their cases compared to white players. So NFL got it wrong here, you know, and if that's the case, you got to get rid of that barrier and just make it even for anybody who has, you know, concussion problems that need dealt with and need help with the expenses and all those things. You know, get some of these guys who help make the league great, make sure everybody has access to the same thing. There's enough cheddar being made and is going to be made in the years to come to where... Does not make make this an issue. Get the race thing out of it, out, out of the equation. Real, real, another bad look for the NFL. And you know, things were looking so well. Lo and behold, let's talk about the Washington football investigation, Washington football team investigation that just won't go away. Now Congress wants to get in. Congress is saying we want to see these emails, and I'm just like, WTF. Like, there isn't any sexist and racist crap going on in the halls over there, for one. B, stop grandstanding. This is like 9-11 all over again. You know, everybody looking to grab some headlines and make a name for themselves after, you know, everybody had egg on their faces because we were unprepared for 9-11. Next thing you know, hey, let's make hay on, on the hill about steroid use in baseball. Didn't really weed it out. I mean, yeah... It has some names, some scalps, and some people aren't in the Hall of Fame. But people continue to cheat. They just found other ways to do it. And people are still getting suspended for it. And you just know some of the numbers you're seeing now. There's something that just does not smell right. So getting involved with this thing, I just don't see it, right? You got the scalp with, with, with good and be done with it. You know, if the NFL, I push back on this as hard as I, as I need to. I just think it's ridiculous, and this is no place for Congress. Especially, I know Congress's house isn't clean, so how dare they sit there and go, oh, we want to see. You know, it's like, what is this thing? Is it like, we want to be able to go get fire some owners? I mean, I don't get the hardcore desire to, 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 to see what. I mean, nobody here is perfect. We all have said, we all say things that probably would be politically incorrect, inappropriate, and we just have to be better. And that's what we should strive to, as opposed to trying to uncover every wrong and, you know, doing the finger wag, like, see, I told you so. Anyway, it's absolutely silly. Kind of interesting that Mr. McCaffrey, yeah, that Mr. McCaffrey is back on the disabled list. 
Is this a, recu- a recurring theme for these type of players, these type of backs? And do you wonder if you're a GM? You know, I see that Washington football team's got a similar guy. You know, obviously Rivera coached there. So he was looking for, you know, the same kind of back with Antonio Gribson. And I can tell this guy's going to be hurt a lot as well. You have to wonder, why take a guy in the first, second of the round? Even though highly talented, if they're, if they're going to miss a lot of snaps, you can probably find guys in rounds three to five that will be very serviceable and, and fulfill your needs. And you might even find a diamond in the rough. But I don't know if moving forward, you want to put a lot of stock and taking these guys high if you can't keep them on the field. Just me. Okay. So on the field, it's good to see Goldilocks and Mr. Urban finally in Jacksonville's 20-game losing streak in London. Another game that the NFL should be ashamed of themselves for making us suffer. If you're Brian Flores, I think, you know, even though he said he's two his guy, the look on his face kind of said it all. He was just like, are you kidding me? We lost to these effing guys? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, I think that his expression said two million words, really. But yeah, it's good to see Urban and T-Law get a win. You know, obviously, apparently there's more crap coming out about Urban, but winning cures everything, believe me. It's not going to happen, but if the, if the Jags were to win four, or five, four out of five, you know, we, we tend to forget that the transgressions, the more wins you have. You suck, like the Washington football team, Everything comes out because that's all people have, right? In terms of, especially some of these toxic fan bases, okay? And what was supposed to be the marquee matchup really was a dud as the Ravens bring the Los Angeles Chargers back to earth. I mean, really made Justin Herbert look normal, which is about time. Not that that this is any determinant, hey, we figured him out. No, but Mr. Staley, and, uh, you know, you needed to to be brought down to earth. And Mr. Staley, you and all these other silly coaches, stop it with this with this BDE, right? Stop it with the BD energy. Going for it in a game that still is competitive on your own 20 in the, in the middle of the third quarter, what the hell are you thinking? And I've been seeing more and more of this stuff and, and, you, and, and not working. Where are the book... That says you should be doing that. I don't care thinking out of the box. No, that's just thinking dumb. Okay, even if you get it, why are you putting your team at risk? I mean, given you know, giving Lamar the ball at the twenty. Yeah, we're you know, Ravens looking really good. I'm not completely there yet. After all, they did lose to the Raiders, but each week they look better and better. Mr. Harbaugh looking like you know, one of the you know the, the class of the NFL coaches right now. Good thing they've got going on in Baltimore. Not going to say too much more there, not to jinx them. But, but you coaches, stop it with this nonsense of going for it on your own 20 when the game is still on balance. Silly. Okay, speaking of that Washington football team, what did I tell you? Mahomes would get well. You know, all the talk about Mahomes slipping, play the Washington football team's vaunted, oh wait, overrated defense? Yeah, he chewed them up. Another ugly Afternoon in the nation's capital. Things getting really sour on and off the field quickly in Washington. A lot of people were optimistic. I tried to tell you all. These are, these are not sure. Father, grandfather, or older brothers, Washington football team. This is a, a, a rot that just will not go away. 
Simple as that, you know. Bengals are on the rise. Not sure with the Lions. Not even bothering to show up at home. Coach Campbell comes out and says, Goff needs to step up. Everybody needs to step up. You can't get your ass kicked at home like that. I mean, I was talking to my buddy. He was like saying, yeah, I turned my you know kid on to this. It's like, you live in Denver, man. You should have like let your, let your kid become a Broncos fan. But I get it, you know. And he's got a point, man. It's just like, you know, some point the Lions have got to like really turn this around. You know, it's just for, for if you're a, a real fan. And I know being a Washington fan, but I know at one point we actually had an elite team where I think a lot of people that I know that Lions fans, you got to go back to Bobby Lane. There's very few people I know that can go that far back when the Lions really were a threat. Tough road for them, for sure. Then you got A-Rod, yes, the A-Rod, going in the soldier field and basically telling the Bears fans he still owns them. He kind of walked it back that he was talking about a specific person, but hey, you know, they write him and talk all that trash, and he was just basically saying, you know what, you know what, S you know what, A-S-Y-M-D, or whatever the guy says in the movie, but yeah, you get it, right? He was just laughing. And let's just face it, you know, it's talking about the Lions, and obviously we'll throw the Vikings in there. It's always kind of a cakewalk for this guy, and he just gets to sit there and laugh. And at some point, you guys in that division have got to punch this guy in his mouth and just say, no, A-Rodge, it ain't about you anymore. Meanwhile, Packers keep rising. Um, the Texans, yeah, they're extreme hot garbage. As the Colts win, you know, if the Colts and Carson wins are winning easily, given their problems. Well, I shouldn't say they have that many problems, but still, the Texans just extreme hot garbage. The Vikings, okay. We talk, you know, speaking of that difference, they're kind of rising, but I still think they're kind of garbage too. The Panthers, who they beat, becoming more and more what we expected them to be. I mean, great start for them and Sam Darnold, but let's face it, that was a 5-7 to seven win team anyways. Okay. And once again, as Joe Judge, as I talked about him last year, he should be on the hot seat because the Giants are not a good team. I mean, right? And Joe Judge should be on the hottest seat of them all. Speaking of the Rams who beat them, how should we feel about the Stafford experience so far? I still say incomplete. With this Rams team, I don't know what to think of them yet. You know, we could very well see them winning a game in their own stadium later on this year. Or I can also see them not making the playoffs. I don't know what to think. They are good enough on both sides of the ball, but I'm not necessarily seeing that all the way when, when I watch them and do the eye test. That's just me right now. So I think it's really incomplete. One thing is for sure, the cards are not incomplete. Talking to somebody at the bar the other night, like, well, Kyler Murray, he's only a three short. He's only a third-year starter. I go, did you watch the guy in college? Have you watched him in the NFL? They are good on both sides of the ball. They've got the weapons. They go into the dog pound, get another big win. Got some impressive road wins. Baker continues to take a beating. I think he might be done for 2021. We'll talk about the game last night in a minute uh, because Case Keenum started it. But he's got like a crack at his shoulder. He just needs to just sit down and relax. Now, obviously, this may not be the year for them. I think the Browns, they're close, but they need to sort some things out, especially with OBJ, as we talked about last week. Yeah, right. I mean, they're close, but I think this isn't their year. I think Baker could do some, you know, long-term damage if he continues to go out there playing as banged up as he is. You know, Keenan played last night. You know, just not talking about last night. They got a hard-fought win on Thursday Night Football. 
wasn't great, but I, and, uh, I think that's the best option right now. I think if you put a beat down Baker up there, you're going to lose more than you win. I mean, I, I saw Keaton in Washington, so you're only going to go so far. Like I said, this might be a year for the Browns to just say, hey, we're getting close. This is not a year. Let's continue to refine and, you know, make a run in the following year. Raiders opened the post-Chucky era with a big road one in Denver. Not saying much, and by the way, the Browns beat Denver, so to tie this all together last night. So it was a tough week for the Broncos of taking two two losses, but the Broncos were not that were that good to be, you know begin with. They started out strong like the Panthers, but like we said, we knew they would turn out to be what we thought they would be. Right? No, 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 no shock there with the Broncos. Browns, like I said, getting the win last night. You're gonna just have to suck it up. And, and go with Keenum and hope he doesn't get hurt. You know, because I said, with the Raiders getting the win in the post-Chucky era, almost talking on my words, you know, it's kind of funny because the Raiders getting the win on the day that Shanny's inducted into the Bronco Ring of Honor. Kind of funny stuff, yeah. I mean, if you know about Shanny when he coached the Raiders when they were in L.A. and the acrimonious, you know, relationship that he had with Al Davis up until the day Al passed away in 2011. But, um, yeah, Raiders getting the win. I don't know what that means. Uh, you know, obviously, for the coaching situation and everything just still being, um, I don't know, discombobulated after the face of the franchise is forcibly removed. Yeah, but we keep an eye on them. The Seahawks told you they'd be going soft. Geno's late fumble you know, thwarts a rally that you know in Pittsburgh. I mean, I think it's fair to say what we've been saying and other people that are astute and not in denial about. The Hawks are probably done. This is another team that probably needs to reconfigure a little bit with Russ being out, kind of similar situation with Baker. Just sort of accept this may not be the year. It happens. For some of us lesser folks, it happens all the time. So it ain't the end of the world. Might hurt you in the short term as far as getting people back. But, you know, a, a new season, the right hype, and you come out the gate, the fans will be back. Um, what about that Monday night game? The Titans stuffing Josh Allen. Well, he was kind of slipping, but that was a big win to calm down the hot, I mean, to cool down the hot bills, 34-31. Titans, a tough team to figure out. You can lose to the Jets and somehow beat the, the Bills, who, you know, putting 30, 40 points up on a regular basis. I mean, come on now. Big, big, big deal. Um, Derek Henry, what do you say about that guy? I mean, if there's a guy who's a threat to break O.J. Simpson's record, sorry, Eric Dickerson, you know how I feel, people. 14 games, 2003, that's the standard. When somebody can get 2,000 yards on 14 games, come talk to me. And I think Derek Henry may be that guy. I mean, geez, you see that? You see the burst of speed? I mean, how do you stop that guy? Bo was quicker, but man, this guy is a serious... Forget about Tim Tebow being the T-34. This guy's a T-34 or T-44. You know, the Russian tank that beat back the Nazis. And what about them boys? How about them boys? I'm telling you, man, I hate to say it, but the Cowboys are looking really good right now, and I just have to... Take a step back and say that, you know, they could be among the class of the NFC. I know. 
Haven't been able to watch Skip Bayless in weeks. It's just insufferable. The Cowboys are getting it done. They've got star power on both sides of the ball. Looking kind of legit right now. So what do we get for our top five? or Yeah, top six right now, really. So they've got Zona one. It makes sense. The Bills are two, even though losing, I wonder about that. They have two losses. The Rams are three. Tampa Bay, four. Okay, the Rams beat them, but eh. Dallas, five, and the Ravens, six. I think five and six should be higher. All right, folks, let's wrap this thing up. It is TMCA time. Time to hand out the smelliest of varieties for people whose actions make them so deserving of an honor on this week. Well, any O, for one, for being that guy. I mean, if it's true you're hitting on a pregnant uh, wife of a, of a high LSU official, of course you're going to lose your job being an idiot like that. Come on, Eddie. And some of the other tawdry things, give him two stainless bowls of the smelly varieties. You can be a better guy than that, man. Come on, dude. Uh, the Washington football team and the Sean Taylor celebration. Talked a little bit about it last week. What a mockery. The family pick of the, of the road dedication. All the porta potties set up. I'm just like, are you kidding me? The whole thing about it was watching the ceremony. And then we need, we need a stainless steel bowl for Patrick Mahomes' little bro, Jackson, doing a dance on the 21 logo and making a TikTok video. I mean, there was just like so much unaccountability and so much asshole behavior going on with the whole thing. Sean Taylor deserved a hell of a lot more than that. It just, I, yeah. I don't want to get like toxic like everybody else was, you know, and rightfully so. But yeah, it was just a bad look for many things. That's why the Washington football team is no is not the the, the truly great football tradition that it was when they were the Redskins way back in the day. Far, far, far from it. Um, you know, we talked about Tennessee, their fans just really being garbage. We can't have that. We can't have that. Be disgusting, be verbally nasty, but throwing stuff and creating an unsafe situation. Give, you know, all the all the fans involved uh, just a giant bowl of the smelliest varieties that they can waddle and swim in. Folks in the foundry work overtime for this. No place for that. Vikings and Panthers fans acting like fool. I mean, I always, you know, you can always wait for Monday to see what group of fan bases. One of the uglier fights you're going to see in this in this early season. But yeah, folks, why are you coming to the, let the guys in the field decide this? There's no need for you to engage in this kind of combat. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And my ongoing crusade about sidelines, you know, celebrations from a to, uh, after a turnover, UNLV with its slot machine that they have when there's a player or a turnover. You guys are 0-7. Focus on winning a damn game as opposed to playing with that stupid slot machine thing. I just, it, yeah. The level of stupidity and uh, right uh, being self-absorbed by things that just don't matter. I'm full of display there. Going to give another uh, stainless steel bowl of, a con of the smelly varieties to Conor McGregor for breaking a DJ's nose. Such a WTF. Dude, what are you doing going upside some civilian's face? Yeah, I know you could buy your way out of it, but come on. You got no business, you know. Hey, that's how I roll. You talk trash? No, dude. Give him give him two because he's been there before. And then lastly, uh, 
you know, Mr. Kane and Mr. Tompkins and their fake, you know, faking COVID, you know, cards and getting, you know, benefits that should go to other people. Come on, man. Give those guys two stainless steel bowls of the stinky varieties as well. Okay, folks, we blasted through another episode. Got a lot of good sports coming on here tonight. Enjoy the weekend. Tell your friends. We got a lot of cool things coming here in the weeks to come. I promise. I always say that, but it's really getting closer. Stay safe. A lot of things are happening, but it's still a scary place out there. So until we meet again, have those adult beverages and keep it real as you always do. See you next week.